Praise God. Hallelujah. How many is that your testimony today? You just want to love the Lord. You just want to know him more. You just want to praise the Lord for he is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Listen, I'm stopping right there because my friend and sister, Pastor Gwen Rose, is here to share the word with us today. I can say so much about her and Pastor Don how they were so instrumental when we started this ministry. But the water stirred, hey, glory to God. So I want to present to you some and introduce to others my dearest, precious sister, Pastor Gwen Rose. Let's give the Lord a hand, praise. Amen, glory to God. I'm delighted to be here on today. But before I come and minister to you all, I have my son here, praise God. Dejan Rose, and he's going to come, and he's going to give you a sermonic solo, and then I'll be coming directly after him, amen? That's my baby boy, amen? God bless you. Thank you. As we remain in the heart of worship, we can go ahead, and you guys can worship with me as I sing this song solo. Amen. Never would have made it. I never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. I can't say I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better. So much better. When I look back, Yes, yes, say, oh, how I love the name. 
Jesus. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Because it's the sweetest name. of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you in the room know you never would have made it without Jesus? Hallelujah. We've had some strong, we've had some, some, some terrible times. Amen. Some of us. But we never would have made it. Hallelujah. Without the Lord on our side. Thank you, Lord. And then he came out with saying, oh, how I love the name Jesus. Aren't you glad that every week, demon, every Three worlds have to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Heaven, earth, and up under the earth, amen. All hell gets the news when we claim the name of Jesus, when we say the name of Jesus, when we lift up the name of when we magnify the name of Jesus, when we glorify his name, all three worlds get the news. Hallelujah. Something about the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I dare you to call your name. If you just yell your name right now and say your name right now. Call out my name is Gwen. Hallelujah. Say your name real quick. Say your, come on, I need to hear your name. Say your name. Glory to God. Now let, let us all with one accord say Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah something about the name Jesus glory to God you may take your seats I'm honored to be here today Woo! glory to God glory to God pastor said he don't know if he can take his seat glory to God thank you again son for rendering those selections amen we honor you we honor the Godhead we honor you pastor Kermit God bless you we honor you lady Sandra all of you God bless you we honor you pastor Don all of Penn pastors that are here, all of the members, the musicians, everybody, you all get honor. Amen. We give honor to whom honor is due. I'm not going to stay before you long. You all know that I don't like to be long-winded. I believe that the attention span is about 20 minutes. Amen. So I just kind of roll with the span. Amen. Amen. The attention span. So we're going to go very quickly into the word of the Lord. And we're going to be talking today with the, from the subject Run with the horses. Glory to God. I know many of us have been running with the footmen. That's just simply meaning the men on foot. Amen. But now God has given us some, I believe, some elevation on today. And we're going to do a little shifting of the atmosphere. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn in Jeremiah, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 5. We're going to be reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible. I'm not used to having this up like this, so I'm going to push it back a little tad bit. Okay, thank you so much. There you go. Thank you. 
going to be reading out of Jeremiah, and it should be possibly on the screen. I know Camille is excellent uh, with putting on the on the screen. And it reads as thus: Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Let me talk with you about your judgment. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those who deal so treacherously, you have planted them? Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth but far from their mind. But you, O oh Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have test tested my heart towards you. Pull them out like sheep from the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither? The beasts and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there because they said he will not see our final end. Here's the Lord's reply. If you have run, glory to God with the footmen and they have wearied you. How then or then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you how will you do in the floodplain of joy? Scripture is basically dealing with Jeremiah's complaint before the Lord. Jeremiah is complaining about the people. He's getting weary over the people and, and their actions and their attitudes, their behaviors. He's getting weary over the personality differences. But Jeremiah then is trying to put himself in a position where he almost thinks that he deserves to be as God. He's trying to tell God how he should judge his people, not realizing that we are God's people and the sheep of his pasture. Jeremiah is taking it upon himself, and we can't, we can't discount Jeremiah. Don't get me wrong, because we have the same spirit in the church world today. Amen. People feeling like that self-righteous spirit. I'm, I, I got it all together, but they, them, all those, those plural pronouns, they, they, they got the problem. All y'all got the problem. But I, I got it all together. Look at me. You, you know me, God. God, you've seen me. You've seen my actions. You, you know what I'm all about. But the rest of them, they deal treacherously. I mean, they slanderers. They deceivers. God, you know all. You, God, that they ways ain't nowhere near like me. But God said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeremiah. Hold up. Can I use this vernacular? If you are on that level, how, how are you going to ever get some elevation? 
in your thinking, some elevation in your attitude, some elevation in your spiritual walk. How are you going to ever come up a notch higher and, and run with somebody in a better position than you? I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of us can identify with hanging around with folk that's dealing with in, in the lifestyle of mediocrity. People that just want to go along and get along. People that just want to barely get by and and, 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 you know, don't own anything more. You know, they, they're just all right where they are. You know, it's, it's, it's okay just to be simple. It's okay just to be average. It's, it's, it's okay just to be knowledgeable of the word of God. But deny his power. It's, it's okay. And that's not no not to put no shade on anybody in the room. But I'm simply saying this is the predicament that Jeremiah was in. It's okay to be complacent. It's okay to kick back. It's okay to be laid back. It's okay to sit in our easy boy seat and point fingers at other people. You know, it, it, it's okay to think that I, I, I'm with it. I'm in the game. It's okay to think that I, I you know, I, I, I got it all together. You know what I'm saying? It, it's okay to believe that we are more spiritual or spiritually minded than someone else. But then God puts a twist on the matter. God said, wait a minute. If you're running with those kind of people and you're tired, you're exhausted. You feel like you can't even go no further. In fact, you want me to judge them. He said, why don't you get up? You know, when you get on a horse, you got to giddy up. Come on, somebody. When you're getting ready to get on a horse, you got to climb up. You got to step up. You got to get up. You, do, you got to set up. You got, there's a whole lot of ups that come along. When you, and, and sometimes with the, when you're running with the horses, you got to shut up. Hello, somebody. Because horses can take you into places that you alone yourself cannot go. So when I studied the word of God, I said, God, what do you want me to tell the people? He said, it's time for a change. It's time for us to get out of thinking it's okay just to be where we are. It's okay just to be at a standstill. How many of you know anything progressive is moving? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about movers and shakers. Those are the kind of people that are walking or running, I should say, with the horsemen. So I thought about, okay, today, let me bring out some symbolism of the horsemen very quickly because I, I got about, what, 15 more minutes? Y'all got all day? Well, y'all ain't, ain't in my league. Amen, y'all got all day. But I just want to bring out something very quickly with running with the horses. Horses symbolizes three particulars, and I'm going to bring those out today. One of them is war. And I know when I first heard that, I started studying on this, and I said, wait a minute, God, I get the symbolism. But my first mind, you know, my first mind went on back to the world. You know, I said, war, what is it good for? Say it again. What? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go on with it. 
yeah, she, see, you see what I'm saying? I got caught up there too. Because I thought, you know what, God, what's going on when it comes with the war? And then God switched my mind. He said, let me tell you something. He said, think about, think at it from a different perspective. Don't think about it from that, that, from that light. Because that's the light of the world. The world thinks about that. But then he, he had me to think about it from this perspective is, is that there's a war going on. Hallelujah. And I, I said, okay, okay. I said, okay, well, Walter Hawkins, I believe he wrote that. He said, there's a war going on. He said, but if you're going to win, you better make sure that you have Jesus deep down within. He said, this battle cannot be won with bullets and guns because your enemy, you cannot see with human faculties. So he said, there's a war going on. But if you're going to win, you better make sure that you have Jesus deep down within. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. So I thought about the war. And then I said, okay, Lord, since there's a, they symbolize the war, give us some scripture reference. And God gave me this scripture reference, and I'm going to share it with you very quickly. I see it over in the 46th chapter of, of Jeremiah. I see it over in the 46th chapter of Jeremiah. I'm going to move very quickly through the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came, which came to Jeremiah the prophet against the nations, against Egypt, concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, hallelujah, which was by the river Euphrates in Carchemish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. This, this is what God says. Order the buckler and shield. Draw near to battle. Harness, strap it up, fit it up, get it ready, the horses. And mount up, climb on, get on, hop on, jump on, your horsemen, you horsemen. And then he goes on to say, stand forth. That means simply get in position with your helmet. Polish the spears. Put on the armor. And I thought about that thing. I said, well, Lord. I said, God, we can all attest to the fact that that's weapons of warfare. God is concerned about how we respond to warfare. So he took me over into Ephesians, the sixth chapter. That's a very familiar passage of scripture. And in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we see Paul and he is telling the church of Ephesus, put on the whole armor of God so that we'll be able to withstand in the evil day. Oh, what day are we in? We're in the evil day. This is the plain of Jordan right now. We're in that time right now where there's perilous, the Bible says, times will come. Hard to deal with times to come. Insecure times to come. There's Problem times to come. We're in that time right now. But yet, the Apostle Paul says, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth. You know, sometimes it gets hard to stand, saints of God. That's the one thing that I appreciated about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I, as I stop, as I not, don't not get ahead of myself, Jeremiah was like us, just like us. Because crisis can come at a moment's notice. 
And to speaking of that, I want to thank those of you who are praying for my little cousin, Ariel. I want to thank God for you all because crisis hit at a moment's notice. Nobody was prepared for Ariel to go into that accident on last week. Nobody. When she went riding in a car with her boss, I want to tell you all the story because I just came in and people were telling me I'm praying for your cousin. But she was riding in the car with her boss. He just got in one of them fancy cars. You know how it is when you get, you want to kind of show off a little bit. You know, Dejan, you can attest to that fact, amen. You know, he, he, he likes to ride motorcycles. You know, some people like to get, you know, like, like, like get in the fast lane. And he was driving fast. And I believe it was a Ferrari. That's what they said they believe it was. And he, and it spun out of control. And it hit uh, a telephone pole and the car split in half. Killing Ariel's boss on impact. But Ariel survived. Ariel got a long way to go, guys. A long way to go. But she's still fighting for her life. And I came to let us know today that this, this, that's why we have to constantly be prepared for battle. Because we don't know when crisis is going to occur. But at the same token, as I think about crisis and how it occurs, I think about how Christ is in the midst of our crisis in the midst of our turmoil, in the midst of our unforeseen circumstances, in the midst of our situations, in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our issues, in the midst of our concerns, Christ is. He's still present, y'all. He's still present. I know we go through heartaches. I know we go through pain. I know we go through struggles. I know we go through times that we feel like, God, where are you? I know we all have been there. But at the same token, we hear Jesus saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the ends of the world. We can hear Jesus saying, in this world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have some troubles, but be of good cheer. Because I've overcome the world. You can hear Jesus saying, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world then you can put your shoulders back and stand up and you can say, I'm going to make it. As, as Dejan saying, I'm going to make it. We made it, saints of God. We made it. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. We made it, saints of God. And we thank and praise God through the midst of the war. We made it. And then the next thing that the horses symbolizes is power. You know, the one thing I learned about Power is, the devil, he's not intimidated by powerless Christians. And, and he's definitely not intimidated by a powerless church. Amen, somebody. That's not being derogatory. It's not throwing shade on anybody. We're just stating facts. If we look in the word of the Lord and we think about power and what it symbolizes, we see in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 19, where Jesus said, Behold, Stand, look fast upon it. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's when you're walking in power. I remember I was teaching a Bible study years ago 
and I went over to a, a sister's house and sat down in Compton and I was teaching at her, at her house and she told me her testimony. This woman of God walked in the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And she said her daughter came to her one day. Daughter name is Ivy. And she said, Ivy came to me one day and she said, she told me, she said, Mama, I feel like eyes are watching me. And she said, I'm going to work and I just feel like somebody's watching me. And on the second day, she went and she told her mama, I call her Auntie Mary. She said, Mama, I, 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 I still feel eyes watching me. Third day, Ivy said, I'm going to put the baby in the bed with you on the way to sleep at night. I'm going to put him in the bed with you, Mama. I, I really feel eyes are on me. When she put the baby in the bed with Auntie Mary, she came back to her room. And she laid down in the bed. And she said it couldn't have been five minutes later. A man came through her window with a knife in his hand. And she said the first thing he said to her is, I've been watching you. When he put that knife up to her neck, he said, if you scream, I'll kill everybody in this house. Thank God for a powerful praying mother. She said the spirit of the Lord woke her up and told her, go to your daughter's room now. She said she went and she got up and she said, I started speaking in tongues as loud as I could. She said, and I walked into that room and she said, as I spoke, she said it was like a, a, the voice was so loud that it scared that man. And that man ran out of that window. He jumped, got right back out the same window that he came in. But if it wasn't for the power of God, if it wasn't for the praying spirit that that mother operated in, Ivy would not be living today. Because when the police got there, they told her, they said, ma'am, that man is a serial murderer. And you are the only survivor. He has killed multiple women. But only you and Mother Mary. She told me when the police was there, they got another call and said, we have an emergency. She said it was a few blocks away where he had got into another woman's house, killed one, and seriously injured the other one. Saints of God, we've got to be walking in the power of God. We, it's, it's, it's time out for folks to have division now. People are saying, well, we don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The devil's a liar. We don't believe that we need to speak in tongues. That, that, that devil is lying too. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You look at Acts for one, 1, and, 1 and 8. And he said, we shall receive power. And then I was reminded of another time we were all together in a prayer meeting with the great white throne judgment. We were all praying, laying before God on our knees, just crying out to God. And I will never forget this as long as I live because we believe in the power of God. We believe in the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God's presence should always be in our midst. And we were in there praying. We call it push, praying until something happens. We was praying up in that place. We would like to pray when they were praying. But when the little girl wrote her back an, an ax, when she had to come to the door, they didn't believe. I believe it was Paul was released, or Peter 
was Peter, I'm sorry, Peter was released until he stepped up to the house. So we were praying and all of a sudden, Sandy, a young girl came up to me and she walked up to me and she looked in my face and when she looked in my face, I read her spirit. When she looked in her, my face, I read her spirit was saying, there's a demon in the room. And I jumped up, this is fast as I jumped up, Don will tell you how fast as I jumped up. We all ran over to the young man and he was hissing on the floor. He was growling like an animal on the floor. And I said, devil, you a liar. Take your hands off of this man. We were all rallying behind him now. We were taking authority over that spirit of the devil. That devil was trying to get crazy with us, and we just got back crazy with that devil. He was talking crazy, saying, I said, devil, you coming out today. You ain't, you, you're not staying today. You don't, and God had me to spearhead it. I guess he said, this, this one is the, the crazy one. She'll, she'll get all up in the devil's face like, like, she, like, she know what's, like she know what's up. And I laid hands on him. My hand was so heavy. I, I, I thought, Sister Sandy, for a minute that I had slapped his head completely off his shoulder. My head said, bam! And that, I know it's funny, baby, but, I, I, but that's exactly what I thought. I thought his head was no more after that. And he laid back on that floor. That devil came up out of him. We praise God. He is an assistant pastor today in Compton, California. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not because of what we did, but because of what God did. We've got to walk in power. I got about three more minutes. You know, I keep time. The last one is the glory of God. You know, it's one thing to walk in the anointing. I learned that the devil can even step up in a place with the anointing. Because he can get comfortable in the anointing. He can kick back like everybody else under the anointing. He can stand still like under the anointing. He can just he can just blend when it's an anointing. But all the glory of his presence. When God's presence fills the temple. When God's presence is manifested. We call the glory the manifested presence of God. When God begins to reign in the atmosphere, you can look over in, in 2 Chronicles. You can see where, where Solomon was praying over in 2 Chronicles, the 6th chapter. And he was praying, I believe he was dedicating the temple. And he prayed and prayed. And in the 7th chapter, the glory of the Lord, hallelujah, had filled the house. The Bible said the glory had filled it so to the point that not even the priests were able to minister. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but I have. I've been in times, Pastor Pastor Kermit, where, where we couldn't even minister. I've been in times that Pastor Don would tell you, well, we just get there and everybody just lay on their face before God. I had to call it. They told me, would you come to revival in, in San Francisco, California? I said, I'll be there. I said, but before I come, everybody fast and everybody pray. I said, because God's glory is going to show up in the house. And when we got there, the glory of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, I believe it is in Isaiah 60, rise and shine for the, your light has come. Isn't that what it's saying? For the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. And I tell you, we got in there and I walked into the place and, and, and my sister, what is your name again? Amanda, I, I was trying to minister. Man, I thought it was cute. I had one me a cute little outfit. You, you know how when you think you're cute, you know, I had my nails done. Everything was just, just you know, just right in place. 
and I went and I walked into the place and I fell. I fell into the power of God. And the people of God were falling all over the place. And, and, I, and God said, my glory is here. My glory is here. People started getting, getting healed. Camille, they were just being healed one after the other. And I remember the glory was so powerful. It was the Shekinah glory of God. It was such a mist in the room. You couldn't, you could barely see. It was like a cloud. It had come in the room and it had filled the place. And, and nobody was able to do nothing but just say, holy, holy, holy. Nobody was able to do nothing but, God, I worship you. God, I praise you. God, I lift you up. God, I magnify you. God, I glorify you. God, I pay homage to you. God, I lift you up. Oh, God, I glorify your name. That's all you could hear was worship going on before the presence of God. And I will never forget it, Sister Amanda. God's glory came up so powerful. And I'm getting ready to close. But I remember I, 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 I got home. I got home. I was at my God's house. And, and, and I said, what happened? I said, How? Where am I? How did I get home? They said, you got so caught up in the realm of the spirit. Glory, Jesus. I can sense it now. They said, you got so caught up in the realm of the spirit. They said, you wouldn't come down. Everybody was trying to talk to you. Nobody could talk to you. They said, you just kept speaking in tongues, and you kept going high. They said, it was just a light around you. And you just kept going on and on, speaking in tongues. And, and they said, we just put you in the car and brought you home. Never knew Amanda that I'd ever left the place because of the glory. You see what I'm saying? So I came to let you know that they sing to God. Run with the horses. But don't stop, stop hanging around powerless people. People that don't want to, to, to get in there when the road gets rough and the going gets tough and the hills seem hard to climb. And even when we start looking for peace of mind, hold on, don't you ever let go. Let Jesus lead. I guarantee he knows. He knows. He knows we can trust him in the midst of our trials. We can trust him in the midst of the battle because after all, the battle is still the Lord's. Hallelujah. And the weapons of our warfare are not, what? Carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. So I just want to share that with you. My 20 minutes are up. God bless you. Thank you for this opportunity. Run with the horses in Jesus' name. no pain Jesus can feel there is no hurt that he cannot
no matter what you're going through. 